Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. Thank you so much for joining me on, what is it, Thursday, July the 2nd. How the hell are we already halfway through the year? Actually, I say that, it kind of works both ways. On one hand, I'm like, thank goodness we're halfway through the year. And on the other, I'm like, what the hell does the second half of 2020 have in store for us? Because let's face it, it has been a rough six months, especially for the wrestling world. We don't need to get into it. We have talked about it. The good thing is, over the last 24 hours, there has been a bunch of badass wrestling. AEW smashing it, NXT smashing it, New Japan smashing it. So it gives us plenty of stuff to talk about. I personally, I mean, we're going to get into these, into the nitty gritty. But I personally think I'm not into this sort of game of, oh, this was better than that, and this was better than this. I thought it was all good. I had a great time watching a bunch of professional wrestling, and it reminded me why comp... This is why I like competition. And we can say whatever you want about the Great American Bash coming out of nowhere. Yeah, it's a little bit silly. But who gives a shib when it produces this kind of stuff? Uh, If you're brand new to the podcast, thank you for joining me. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Also, make sure you hit me up at twitch.tv forward slash Simon316 for live uh, Simon as Pro Wrestling podcast that happen at least once a week. But you also get exclusive episodes on here, as we're doing today. And what I like to do is basically all my personal uh, all my personal stuff is supported by patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316. And one of the rewards I like to give back to anyone that is happy to support me is you can come on the podcast and you can chat about wrestling or you can chat about games. Hey, you can chat about whatever the hell you want. I don't care. I just appreciate you uh, you backing me. And today, I'm very happy to say my man Tyler is on the line. Tyler, how you doing? Doing good, man. You I'm all right. Yeah, I'm good. I'm happy. I'm excited. Uh, we've already touched upon this before we hit record about all the wrestling that's gone over the last uh, day or so, which we are going to talk about. But as always, man, we need your story. We need to know what the deal was. How did you get into this crazy thing with wrestling? Why do you love it? And, you know, despite millions of people tuning out each week, why why do you continue to uh, to carry on the bandwagon? <laughs> well, um, wrestling, man, I mean, I Grew up as a kid during the Attitude Era, of course, so that draws you right in. But, um, you know, I watched probably through middle school, you know, it was Ruthless Aggression. You had SmackDown was on fire. You had, you know, London and Kendrick as the tag champs. You had, you know, Batista coming back, Ray Mysterio showing up, all that good stuff at the time. So that, like, really cemented my love of wrestling. And of course, you know, when you're a teenager, you get a little bit older, you back off the wrestling a little bit. Kind of happens to all of us. Yeah. Uh, went away to college and uh, WWE Network is launching. So I'm like, well, it's $9.99 first month's free. Let's, let, let's check this out. Let's see what this is all about. You know, NXT TakeOver hits. Man. I mean, that's all I can say is, man, just what a show. And then to follow that up with WrestleMania 30. Oh, man. And ever since then, I've been, you know, just completely into it because that's right when, you know, the Bullet Club was taken off. So you got your New Japan, you got Daniel Bryan tearing the house down. You got the CM Punk chants going. Fans are getting their voices heard finally. And then, you know, once you're in, you're in. It's a brotherhood, man. And they're like, oh, well, there's no crowd reactions. It's not about the crowds. It's about the story in the ring, guys. Come on. I like it, dude. I like it. It's so positive. 
I, I'm all about this already. This is the way to be. Um, you mentioned New Japan there a couple of times. Let's begin there before we get into NXT and AEW. Uh, I haven't, I, I have literally decided to, because there's been, life's just been crazy recently, which I'm very appreciative of. But I've decided I'm just going absolutely, you know, the last, what is it, however many rounds we've had now of the cup, I'm just going to watch it all. Yeah, uh, in one when I have some time when it's done. But as you said to me, you know, before we got going, the semi-finals were last night, and you seem very excited about one match in particular. So, dude, lay it on me, man. What went down? Oh, it was actually uh, quarterfinals last night, but the matches they oh, set my up. Bad. Excuse me. Semi-finals are tomorrow, and uh, matches they set up for them. Um, so, on one side we have Okada versus uh, Hiromo Takahashi, who is the current, um, you know, junior heavyweight champ. That's a, that. Oof, that match. That match alone, right yeah. there. The other side. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> that, holy crap! That's gonna be insane. Then on the other side, we have some other Lij stablemates: Evil versus Sonata. So, those semifinal matches, man. Both of those are five star matches. You're setting up Naito. Worst case scenario, we get the obvious, which is Okada, which. Boohoo, Okada versus Naito tearing the house down again. Oh, no. Or, <laughs> you know, what a pity there. In front of a crowd, nonetheless. That'll be the first, I think, the first show with a crowd we've had since, what, February? So that'll be insane. Plus, on the other side, you know, it could be Sonata. It could be Evil. Personally, I think it's Sonata's time to finally get that title shot, finally, you know, start breaking out on his own. But if it's evil, hey, more power to him. Evil's an excellent worker against its own stablemate in Naito. You know, it's there's nothing New Japan can do wrong here unless they, you know, completely just one star match at show up and finger poke of Dumas. No, I don't I don't think they're gonna do that. That would certainly be out of left field, uh, left field for them. Uh, who? What would you like to see? Who? Who's your money on? Because I saw a few people saying, obviously, Okada always has to get to the last stages because you know he's the man, he's the guy. Do you think he needs to win it though, or do you think it'd be better if it went to somebody else? No, I think I think it'd be good to invest in Sonata right now. Sonata seems white hat to me. You know, he's got the look, he's got the style, he's a great all round wrestler. He's been hot for years. And uh, no offense to Evil, no offense to Okada or Hiromo, they're they're both amazing. Or all three of them, I should say. Whatever, I can't count. I'm American. Give me credit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Sonata, I think it's his time. You know, let him go after the never open weight jail, uh, title. Um, what they're doing with the U.S. title, who the hell knows? Because there's no way it can be defended in America for probably the rest yeah. of the year, honestly. So if, if they strip Moxley, he'd be a great interim champ, I think. You know, it's... There's all sorts of things you could do with Sonata. I, I mean, I'm a Sonata, Mark, like I gotta say. No, I, I, I think I'm with you. I, I remember last year people talking about Sonata and saying, you know, he's really come sort of leaps and bounds. Obviously, you know, the, the tag team was where he kind of was smashing it for a while. But then he kept having these amazing singles matches where everyone was like, oh, man, this guy is really good. And given everything that's just happened over the last few months, you absolutely need to build new stars. And I love, I mean, I think Takahashi is I mean, redonkulous. How a man, how a man can do what he does, I don't know. But you're right; he doesn't need. He's there's plenty. I'm not saying there's not time with Sonada. There is, but you don't have to do anything. Um, 
You just you don't have to do any. You need to do stuff with him, but he doesn't need a massive push as of yet. Do you know what I mean? That we still have plenty of money in the bank with him. Whereas Sonada, it kind of does feel like, yeah, let's do it now. You know, let's absolutely strike now and see if we can't develop. Um, you know, develop him. And he kind of is a main event guy, but I kind of see him just in the sort of echelon below that. And if he wins this, you can then establish him as that. And I remember, especially in 2000, well, I say 2019, it may have been earlier this year. This year has been so long. But I remember a lot of people saying, I actually think Sonata would do, he'll be one of these sort of um, guys that New Japan gives a championship run to to see how he gets on. And I'd be all for it. Like, I really would. Yeah, same here. I mean, I think with the, like that U.S. title, I don't know what they're going to do with it. They could keep it on the shelf for until the U.S. is, you know, occupiable again. Or, um, but I think, you know, strip the title off Moxley. I mean, poor guy doesn't deserve it, but, you know, circumstances are circumstances. Put it on Sonata. Let him build his career around that. He's, you know, it's not the top title, but it's it's an upper tier, tier title. He could do a lot with it and you know, first Japanese U.S. champ, you know, show what it is. You know, maybe have them say, well, I'm going to wrestle in the U.S. style a bit more, you know, something like that to kind of fit the title or just keep him as is and, you know, see if he can elevate that title because I think he would do a real good job with it. He's got everything you need and there's no reason not to put something on him and if they're not doing anything with it, why not? Dude, I couldn't agree with you more, man. And like I say, if we get if we get any of these kind of matches, I'm going to be more even more excited when the um, when I do get round to watching it. But that's New Japan for you. I always say this about New Japan is that the people that really love it really love it. You know, they they it's uh, unlike AEW, which sometimes and NXT and WWE, of course, but unlike those companies where you will get some people going, why did they do that? That doesn't really, you know, tie into what I was expecting. It's, it's the idea of expectation. I never hear that from New Japan. Anytime anybody sits down, I mean, it, it doesn't mean it always delivers, but it never really deviates from the, you know, from the plan. They have their comedy matches. They have their serious matches. They have their long matches. They have their short matches. And I, I just think they always, they always make sure to to keep that up. And I think that's why when you do become a fan of them, the general you, it's why you stick with them because you'll never be that surprised. Unlike AEW, for example, that apparently next week are having a dog battle royal. <laughs> Absolutely. Did you see this, that they're having a, a puppy battle royal next week? Six and two thirds star match, man. That is going to be the greatest <laughs> match of all time. But for the love of that, pup has a family. I just, I couldn't, I just, it was like, if you had told me, Simon, you know, come up with the weirdest thing that they're going to announce tonight. I certainly wouldn't have come up with a dog battle royal. It's just so strange. I don't know whether it's a joke. I don't know whether it's going to get some kind of character over. I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea what it is. But hey, look, it, it cracked me up. So <laughs> it's, I mean, it's all good. It's AEW. It's going to get buried by Jim Cornette. And <laughs> uh, fans are going to love it. Fans are going to hate it. It's 2020. Why not? Who says a dog can't be a wrestler? You know, what? Pharaoh for world champ. Let's go with it, dude. Why not, man? Let's absolutely do it. Uh, did you watch Fight Fest Part One? Um, I'm gonna get eaten on by Marks, but no. Um, I got home. You know, NXT was the first thing on my Hulu playlist. I'm sorry, AEW Marks. So I went with that first. <laughs> I didn't get time to get That's to AEW right, yet, but I looked at the but spoilers. Th th this is the great. 
but this is the greatest thing about it, man, is that you have that choice. That's why I think it's a wonderful thing. You have the choice to do it. Um, and I was so excited this morning. I was like, oh, man, I got two awesome wrestling shows to watch. Of course, I watched uh, AEW first because that's my job. But look, dude, let's talk about NXT. Um, I've kind of I've seen as much as I could. I went out of my way to ensure that I saw Io Shirai versus Sasha Banks. I just thought it I, just so good. So good. Uh, just like... I mean, those two, surprise, surprise, they had a good match. I think Sasha Banks has absolutely found her form again, if that's a word that we can use. And the surprise of Oscar at the end to also further that match. This is the kind of of wrestling I love, where from a show that I didn't think was going to enhance any other angles, you found a way to enhance another angle. And, you know, you almost did it in a way that should really be considered heelish to a certain extent, but it wasn't because the execution and because Sasha Banks and Bailey are just such awful human beings in the intended <laughs> way. I, I, I thought it was such a such a good match. And also with all the uh, I think now we can look at the Charlotte Flair NXT experiment and say it was a little bit misjudged. I don't get down on Charlotte Flair, but, you know, for me, the the uh, the aim, the goal was always for her to. Uh, lose the belts back to Rhea Ripley. And I thought then Rhea Ripley would be established. Obviously, plans changed. I thought that was a shame. But for Io Shirai to get a victory over Sasha Banks, it's a massive deal. Like, it just is. That is a huge, a huge scalp. And if WWE or you know, NXT capitalized that on TV, obviously, Tegan Knox, I think, is going to be the next challenger now. It would just enhance Io Shirai as a champion. I thought it was awesome. I really did. That, that whole match was just... That's magic. To me, that was... Um... You know, was it Bailey versus Sasha Banks good? No. But was it in that ballpark? Yes. That was classic yeah. NXT. You know, okay, it's too young to be calling that classic. But you know what I mean? The heyday of NXT when you have Sasha Banks, Bailey, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, you know, those five-star matches just tearing the house down. And you're setting up all these other matches. And it was just, it was great. And then to have Asuka come out at the end, make that save. Man, not only is it helping instead of Banks versus Asuka, which is great in itself. Now Asuka's got one on Io Shirai saying, you know, hey, I helped you out. I won a title shot. So if she loses that Raw title, who's to say she doesn't go to NXT and challenge for that title because she did that save? You know, there's, you could do anything. And I'm just, you know, I'm so excited because, you know, they're saying Kyrie might go back to Japan. Well, Asuka and Io could challenge for the tag titles. You know, there's, it's bonkers what you could do with that match. Just absolutely just boggles the mind how much they could have set up with that without even planning to. Yeah, the Kyrie Sane thing was weird. <clears throat> if you haven't heard, excuse me, <clears throat> there's some weird report that apparently, yeah, WWE may be sending her to Japan, doesn't want her to wrestle. I mean, I'm speculating here massively, but that seems absolutely bizarre. If you've got somebody on your roster as talented as Kyrie Sane and you don't want well, them to wrestle, I don't understand. I just don't understand. That seems very odd to me. It, it, I, from what I've heard, it's, um, I mean, don't quote me, but from what I've heard, it's, um, she wants to be back home with her husband, which if I remember right, it's evil. Um, and you know, right now she can't cause it's a pandemic obviously, but, um, I mean, with all the injuries and stuff she's had, can't really blame her to want to go to more of a backstage role at least for a little bit and heal up. So, Oh yeah. If it's her choice, that's all good. You know, that, that's absolutely. But if, if it's WWE's choice, again, I just, uh, it, it would blow my mind. Yeah. Super strange. Um, the, the Sasha Banks and uh, Io Shirai thing too. What I loved is 
we, we kind of just, you know, pretended that the Great American Bash and Fighter Fest were pay-per-views, but they weren't. You know, these were shows that were airing on television. And, I mean, they, they went so long, that main event, in a good way. Like, you know, they, they treated it like it was a pay-per-view event match. Everybody went all out. It wasn't just going through the motions. And that's what I thought was so cool about it. That's, again, going back to this whole AEW versus NXT thing. That's why I'm so happy for this competition. Because I doubt they would have done this if they didn't have to. But the fact they did meant, you know, on a random Wednesday in July, we got genuinely what I think is one of the best women's matches I've seen this year. I shouldn't even say that. Take it back. One of the best matches I've seen this year. I had a great time watching it. And it just reestablished my... Uh, well, I suppose just... Just how good they both are. Do you know what I mean? Like, because not... we expected it to be good but you never know and yeah like I say one of the best matches of the night over both shows oh yeah and I mean the only thing I saw in heat from it was um, people saying well it should have been a title match and I'm like well uh, not everything has to be a title match I mean I I like them building that you know you can go out there and have a singles match and just tear the whole friggin house down because why not you know what Let's bring back the art of, you know, the awesome singles match just for the sake of having a singles match. I like that idea because it's, you know, there's there's no prize in it other than pride. And for those two characters, oh, man, that fits so well. I quite like the fact it was a non-title match. I mean, I, I do agree with the argument that sometimes non-title matches are stupid because <laughs> it's like, why would you even do it? But I liked it because it made me believe that maybe Sasha Banks could have won. If the title was on the line, I knew for sure that Io Shirai would have won because I doubt WWE would have made that switch, especially because she's going to be facing Oscar at Extreme Rules. So I actually thought, yeah, doing it non-title gave it the, yeah, just the idea of, oh, maybe she, maybe she won't, you know, maybe she, yeah, she could have got, you know, a scout victory is what I meant. So no, I was all good with that. I, I didn't mind it at all. I think it tied into the story. And, you know, we mentioned it earlier, uh, Tegan Knox has become, uh, she won the Fatal 4-Way with Dakota Ko, Mia Yim, and Candice LeRae. I have only seen this in gift form, <laughs> as of me talking. Yeah. I will watch it properly. But again, I hear, and it looked to me, like a, another another strong match. Oh, yeah. Very good match. Um, match of the night, no. But, you know, it's an elimination match. It's going to have its up and down. Um, but it, it was it was really good. It ends up with uh, spoilers, but it ends up with Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox, as it should. Obviously, yeah. And uh, just that whole match was great. It was, you know, there's you could do no wrong with that because any one of those ladies going up against EO, that's an instant classic. And then just all together working together, there's chemistry. You know, there's the heel face dynamics. And it was it's a really good match it seemed a little bit like they were calling some spots in the ring which was really cool to see um just overall i enjoyed it yeah it just sounded like a decent a decent match just to to start the show and i like the fact that tegan knox is the number one contender because she has you know she's had such a rough ride with injuries and whatnot and i do think she has a bit of momentum so yeah no i think that will be good something else i did i haven't i didn't see it as kind of how i wanted to but when I saw all the praise being heaped onto Thatcher and Only Lorkin, I was like, okay, well, I've got to go watch that. Flipping Nora, man. Like, if you oh, like hard-hitting, technical, <laughs> nuts wrestling, you have got to go and w- watch this match. Like, it, oh, I tell you, I, as a man that has wrestled, I don't know how they did this. I, I would love to be that good. That's all I'll say. I'd love to be that good. It's one of those matches that even though uh, Thatcher won, does it matter? No, because I've come out of it liking only Lorcan even more than I did before. He's just so good. So good. Yeah, Thatcher, to me, he reminds me of Benoit. He's so 
good. And when he first came in and, you know, I thought, okay, they're going to stick with Imperium because he's in ring comp and they didn't do it. And they don't need to Yeah, man. He doesn't even need the title. That man's just a monster. Like just, ah, oh, and then having to work with Oni perfect technical match, perfect target hitting match. Just man, the gifts from that match too are going to be insane. I think, you know, it got, it didn't get extra publicity, but the fact that, you know, you had people like Edge just coming out on Twitter as well and saying, man, I'd love to see that match again. That does do, you know, I don't think it's going to make anybody go and watch it more, but it does establish, because, you know, Timothy Thatcher and O'Lorkin are doing okay, but it's not like they're WWE's, it's not like a Carrion Cross or someone like that that's clearly a project for them. But the fact that they have these kind of guys under contract that can just go out, they should absolutely do this again. And the cool thing uh, you know, the, the the shot they got at the end with the uh, sort of sadistic smile by, by Thatcher was so good. It's one of those things that WWE, they, they capture these badass things every now and then, and that was one of them. He could make his career off that. Like, he really, really could. It was, ah, so good. Yeah, that and getting his teeth knocked out and fighting through it. Man, certified badass. No question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mentioned Rhea Ripper earlier too again I've only read about this I haven't seen it I'll certainly watch it later but thankfully she um, you know she won her match hands down and basically ran through uh, she just ran through Robert Stone like it just that had to happen as well I kind of felt like they were teasing it may not go like this but you know I'm, I'm glad that it did Alia was kind of just there for most of it but it really really needed this and the ending was good she basically treated them like they were nothing yeah. and, uh, and, ta- and tapped them out I hope this is. I, I don't. I, I don't like this whole thing. Oh, they've ruined Rhea Ripley. No, they haven't. But she does feel a little cooler than she did, especially around WrestleMania. So I hope this is the turning of the tide. But again, another good match. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it. You know, I like a little bit of comedy in my matches. So a little bit of, you know, Robert Stone just making an ass of himself was great to see. Um, Aaliyah surprised me. She's improved quite a bit since the last match I saw of her. Which, you know, normally that's a match I would skip, but she's. She's improved. Um, nowhere near where she needs to be for, you know, title shots or anything, but good for a year or so. She'll, she's getting there. She's getting a lot better. Um, but Rhea, yeah, she needed that little rebuilding phase, I think, after, you know, you do the job to Charlotte, which, I mean, she didn't exactly job out, but you lose a big match like that. You got to go out, rebuild, and, you know, wiping them out did her good and you know everyone came off looking good i felt so good on her you know she's building everything up yep that's the main thing uh what did, i'll let you go first because i keep jumping in what do you think about dexter loomis and roderick strong in the strap match i just can't get into that feud i i don't know why uh, dexter he's you know he's he's got the build he's got the strange little character he's he does have a strange character. Yeah. I mean, the whole licking people thing is kind of gold dust-esque. I like that. But just his character is like, what, 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 what's it supposed to be? Kind of like a, a PG serial killer, I'm guessing. Like, I, 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 I mean, pretty much, yeah. He, he did kidnap him. So I guess it is meant to be like that, yeah. But yeah, the, the match itself wasn't bad. It's just, uh, you know, you're, I'm going into there and not really caring about it, kind of. I, I can't give it an unbiased opinion, I feel. I, and I don't want to do these two guys, you know, an injustice because they're both great workers. Yeah, that's fair. I, I would just say that for me, 
Finally, it kind of divides opinion because obviously the rules of the strap match back in the day is you have to touch all four corners. But a lot of people preferred it that it was pin submission. To me, I would prefer it if it was... I know touching all four corners is absolutely stupid, but it just makes the match different, right? And, I, yeah. and I, I've, I've seen worse in pro wrestling. And I just think if you're going to drag it out, and I get they used the strap and it was, you know, devastating and hard-hitting and aggressive, but I just like the idea that you've got to drag your opponent around. And I just like it. I think it's, it's that kind of silliness that only wrestler can get away with. Yeah, especially... I mean, I could see both ways. For time's sake, it made more sense to do the pinner submission, but for old school American Bash, you know, strap match to me is a it's a very American match. You know, you go around, you drag them to the four corners, you touch the corners, you know, very Southern style wrestling. But um, you know, it, it didn't quite need it. it. It was a good match on its own. Yeah, no, I, I I thought it was fine. And obviously, uh, Dexter Loomis won against Roderick Strong, as is always going to be the way, because as we've already established, uh, he's, a, he's a mad person. <laughs> he's properly crazy. And that was essentially the nuts and bolts of um, the Great American Bash. I get, it was just good. It was. And I get it. We can sit here all day longer. Oh, they've just counter... They've just counteracted... No, shut up. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I just want good wrestling. However we get there is completely irrelevant in my mind. Uh, and that's why I'm not going to sit here and say that Fighter Fest was better than Great American Bash or vice versa. Um, did you say that you've read about Fighter Fest Part 1? Yeah, yeah. I read about it as... You know, my friend watched it while I was at work, so he's getting into it, telling me what's happening too. So I'm excited to watch it. And from from what I've seen, like the gifts and stuff looks sick. Like absolutely sick. It was a great, like it was an absolute, it was just such a good show. As again, as great American bash was, but it was just, it felt like a pay-per-view on television. Uh, the main event being the tag team championships was awesome because you know, it, it, it's, it's such a simple thing to do. If you put your tag team champions in the main event, people go, Oh, they care about the tag team titles and therefore I shall care about the tag team titles. Who knew? Who knew it could be that simple? And that match was awesome. The only thing that I saw that I was kind of surprised about, I didn't, didn't do predictions for it, obviously. But if I if I was going to do predictions for it, I never in a million years would have thought the best friends were going to win. But a lot of people were upset that they didn't get the victory. I think there's still a big story to tell with Hangman Page and Omega that may even go back to the one we were telling uh, where, you know, Hangman Page maybe has a, has it in for Kenny. Who knows if they go back to it. But no, I, I didn't have a problem with the, the outcome at all. And I love the fact now they have this massive title reign. Again, it makes those tag belts feel feel super, super crucial. It's a really, really good match. I, I dug it a lot. Well, at the end, uh, Hangman is, uh, he's with FTR. He wasn't with uh, the Elite. No, so. that's true, yeah, because obviously, yeah, he poured the... It was kind of weird because I have no problem with Kenny Omega pouring the alcohol away because really FTR should have done their research, but he did kind of do it like he was trying to be an asshole. <laughs> he kind of did it with a bit of attitude and stuff. I was like, oh, that's interesting. But uh, I, I think you know, that's the point, right, is to keep you guessing and to keep you on your toes. So maybe he um, is. Maybe maybe if FTR do form this four horsemen s group, maybe Hangman Page joins that. You never know. You absolutely never know. That could be that could be interesting. But um, I mean, a really really good match. Some of the you know it started slow. It built built built. There was about seventy eight thousand pile drivers. One of which I actually thought had broken Kenny Omega's neck. And uh, you know, allowing Hangman Page to get the to get the win again after the buckshot lariat. You know, it just raises his stock. Um, oh, yeah. which was the plan. It was the plan when he was in AEW. I know so many are down on Kenny Omega at the moment, but they seem to forget that he can undo all of this every time he's in the ring. He's such a good professional wrestler. It is amazing. Yeah, Kenny, 
people want Kenny to have all these titles. Kenny is the AJ of his generation. He doesn't need the titles right now. He's got years ahead of him. Man, just let him do his thing. Let him, let him, you know, he wants to prove he's the best wrestler in the world in every sort of wrestling match. Let him do it. You know, let him go out there. He's got plenty of time in him to win titles. He's triple A mega champion last time I knew. Um, you know, he's got the tag belts. That's that's plenty of gold. He doesn't need to be going after the singles matches. Let Cody get that. Let Adam get that. You know, it's just, you know, I get what people are wanting after that whole New Japan run. But, you know, he he, he, he put his story to rest at New Japan. He, he can do a new story now. Let him do that. Mm, yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, you, you mentioned Cody as well. Look, <laughs> Cody versus Jake Hagar. The last five minutes or so was hilarious. Like it was, it was absolutely hilarious. It was so. Well, I, I'll use the term overbooked, literally, not figuratively. I was cracking up. So many run-ins. So many referee distractions. Uh, Jake Hagar's wife Catalina was getting involved. Arn Anderson was getting involved. Dustin Rhodes was getting involved. But I tell you, like if they had done this on every single match, would it have been too much? Yes, it becomes like WCW. But they always save it for Cody matches. I was laughing my ass off. I thought it was so funny. I just it's just so bizarre that all this stuff was going on. Cody retains. I do think Jake Hagar looked a little bit dumb. I don't know whether you've seen it. Like even though. Cody's music is playing and the referee did a three count. He thinks he's won. I was a bit like, that's a bit silly, but it's fine. He's a heel. You know, I meant to think he's a moron to begin with. Uh, and it's not done. I guess we're going to go into something with Jake Hagar and Dustin Rhodes potentially. And I do, I do like that, you know, I like Cody does not feel like a hundred percent good guy anymore. It feels like there's, uh, again, especially because Arn Anderson kept interfering. And I love that. I love the tease. Even if once again, like Hangman Page, we don't go with it. Yeah, um, and Cody with that, like, he feels like a egomaniac kind of a little bit. The the titles get into his head, and that could be a great story in itself, especially with again, Marks are going to eat me alive for the, for this. But um, <laughs> when Sammy finishes his sensitivity training, comes back. You know, does his time getting buried like he should and all that, and then turns face, have Cody be the heel in that match, and have Sammy win that title, that'd be great. You know, have have Cody be the egotistical, you know, I'm the best, why aren't these people backing me up type thing, and, you know, that'd be a great story to tell. Dude, I'm all for it as well. I, again, the only thing... I feel like at some point we need some kind of payoff between Cody and MJF. And I don't know how we're going to do that if Cody does become a bad guy. Because MJF ain't never being a good guy. And if he is, we're talking five years down the line. You know, we've got we've got a long way to go. But other than that, I'm all right with Cody being this ambiguous kind of a kind of character. I think it's uh, I think it's far more interesting. Still the TNT champion, so we'll see what happens on Dynamite uh, in a couple of weeks now, or fight for the fallen, as it's known. I'll mention that too. They had to move John Moxley versus Brian Cage. I, I mean, some people were mad about that. I think they're nuts. You've got to put health and safety first. I respect the fact that not only is ADW you know, testing everybody and treating it seriously, but that they are, you know, they, they tied it into the story and they let Taz just say, you're running scared, you're pretending. It was great. It, it was really, really good. I, I, I can wait two more weeks, right? It's not a problem for me. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, we're going up against the biggest heel in the business, coronavirus, which, you well, know, yeah. if you don't like it, 
There's plenty of stuff you can do to donate to it, to donate some of your computer power to uh, fold proteins to figure out how to cure the coronavirus. There's plenty you can be doing. If you're sick of interfering with everything, well then, you know, start start donating your time and your money and everything and let's let's get working towards that cure. Otherwise, sit down and shut up because we're human, okay? We, yeah. Not, hell yeah, man. I totally agree. It's just a wrestling match. It doesn't matter. I'd rather John Moxley was well and healthy. Surprise, surprise. Uh, the yeah. first match we had to was uh, the, the Wardlow MJF Luchasaurus Jungle Boy match. It was just fun. It was just entertaining. I, I, I always see people taking shots at Luchasaurus, and I don't know why. Well, he's not very good. Are you kidding me? It's so Wardlow is great. MJF is great. These are four dudes that will have such a, you know, when we've got fans back in the building, especially, they just have such a bright future. We continue to tease everything with MJF and Wardlow falling out when MJF accidentally punched him in the face with the diamond ring. I really <laughs> liked it. I really liked it. It didn't, it didn't outstay its welcome. You know, MJF didn't get pinned or submitted, which I now think is important because he's tying it into his character. It's just good. It's just fun. Like, it, it just was. I had no problem with it whatsoever. Yeah, that match I'm looking forward to. I saw the gifts from that, and that looks amazing. And for those of you crapping on Luchasaurus, you're speciesist, and uh, you need to look at the <laughs> Dinosaur lives matter. It's true. Oh, dear. I love him. I love that guy. I'd say I'd, I'd have to think about it. I think it's definitely one of my surprises. Sheeda versus Penelope Ford is an amazing match. It is one of the best women's matches that AEW has put on today. It is so good. And um, I, I, it's just it's so well worked. There's so many awesome near falls that actually make you believe that Penelope Ford is going to win. It's definitely Penelope Ford's best match. I think it's the best match I've seen of Sheeda. But, you know, people that are more familiar with her say she's had better elsewhere. But within All Elite Wrestling, it is it is top stuff. I didn't think this was going to be as good as it was going to be. And there was this awesome you know, this awesome bit when uh, Penelope Ford hit one of her stunners. I thought that was it. I really, really did bite hard. I was a massive fan of that. And again, it's if we really have to get into it, no, it's not as good as Io Shirai versus Sasha Banks. So boring. Watch both, man. Watch both to get something out of it. It is. Um, it will surprise you, and hopefully, you know, gives you an idea of what direction AEW are going with for. Um, uh, you know, for for that division and for the feud and for Shida. Shida is such a good champion. Actually, a champion that I want to root for. It doesn't happen all the time. So yeah, I'm all about it. Oh yeah, Shida is magic. I I can't think of a single match of hers I watched where I wasn't at least you know entertained. It was you know her against Penelope Ford. Um, Penelope Ford. The build was real good for this. I I enjoyed that. So I'm I'm excited to watch this match, especially like as you said that Stone Cold Stunner with the two count that gif. So eh, I'm excited for that match. Yeah, it's good. You, yeah, I I promise you, you will you'll absolutely dig it. Uh, there was also Private Party versus Santana Ortiz. It was just decent. It was just good. Like it's certainly, especially with the other sort of quality that we had. It's not going to be anybody's matches of the evening. I don't. I don't think. But you know, it, it tied into the story with Matt Hardy with Private Party. I thought Private Party getting the win was awesome. Although I'm a bit worried because Santana and Ortiz, they probably have, and I've forgotten. But they never seem to win. But they're such good heels, they get away with it. Um, but yeah, they had a decent match. You know, it finishes with the gin and juice. I liked that uh, it was Mark Quinn, I think, pulled the <laughs> pulled the bandana over Santana's eyes. Again, straightaway internet. Oh, it's so stupid. I made me chuckle, man. I dug it. And that gin and juice finisher is so good. And also, because of obviously 
the shifting with the World Championship match. We're now going to get Kenny Omega and Hangman Page taking on Private Party for the belt next week. I think that will be decent. I don't think Private Party is going to win, but I do think it will help them establish them as a team too. So again, just I was happy with it. I was I was I had no issues. Yeah, Private Party. They're they're also a nice hidden gem. There they're against Hangman and um, Omega. That should be a real good match. I mean, those two guys. To me, everything I've seen from them has impressed me. They're great teams, got a lot of time ahead of them, you know. And Santana and Ortiz, you know, they're already built up. They don't, they don't got to worry about taking these losses. I mean, they need to pick up some wins now and then, guys. Give, give them a couple wins; they deserve it. But the inner circle yeah. had a bad night, man. They had a bad night all round. They just got their ass kicked. Uh, yeah, it's all Sammy's fault. I mean, well, yeah, kind of is. Uh, we also, you know, we had the brawl between Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. Just to remind you, it's going on next week. Um, but the, the final thing that we did, obviously, this is completely out of order. But we had the Taz and Brian Cage promo. I don't know whose idea it was to put Taz with Brian Cage, but they deserve a pat on the back. Absolutely flipping brilliant. Like it is, it, 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 again, the way that it tied into everything that we mentioned earlier, he was absolutely on fire here. And I would have said beforehand, I didn't think Taz had this in him anymore. I didn't mean it in a bad way. I just I didn't see it coming. It is so good. It is so good. And it made me completely believe in that feud. Um, I think it's going to be a good match too. The only thing I don't get is how you have someone like Brian Cage lose on kind of his first night in and, you know, keep this monster persona alive. But uh, it seems like they're slowly going to rebuild Lance Archer in that sense. And I don't mind John Moxley winning. But a small part of me now thinks maybe they are going to give it to Brian Cage. I think him and Taz are so good they may call an audible. It would be a bit of a disappointment because I think John Moxley should have it for longer. But I don't know, man. What do you think? Um, well, to start with uh, who, who came up with Taz and Brian Cage, I don't know for sure if it was Taz's idea, but Taz said that he only wanted to work with Brian Cage or um, what's his name? Jeff Cobb. Those were the only two he wanted to work with. So I think it was actually Taz's idea to do that. Um, so that just an interesting tidbit for you. Um, but that match, I'm looking forward to it. Honestly, I'm not sure who should come out of the winner there because, as you said, Brian Cage is a monster. He needs to be protected. Um, at the same time, Max is a great champ. He's got the name recognition. He's a beast. You know, he can do everything. Um, but honestly, I would like to see kind of not a legit shoot, of course, but have Brian Cage shoot on him, win the title that way. Wait, so you, 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 you pitch it that way, like he just goes into business for himself, for lack of a better term. Yeah, like have it look like, you know, Max is setting up the finish and all that, and then all of a sudden just shoots on him, you know, just picks him up, throws him to the ground, beats the crap out of him, busts him open the hard way, kind of like Brock Lesnar would have, you know. Yeah, it's- honestly, man, everyone keeps saying, oh, they're just doing Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman, and <laughs> who's got a problem with that? I don't mind. Those yeah. two work together. I got no issue having a Brock Lesnar in AEW. I've enjoyed Brock Lesnar for many a year, as I've said on this podcast before, and I will say again, ain't no problem with that. Exactly. Like, And if you have him shoot on him, you know, shoot knock out Moxley, Max is a beast. You knock Max out. You're, you're you're a tough guy, you know. So that would be sick. And then Max can come back all pissed off, going after the belt, you know, and lose via shenanigans that way. But yeah, 
I think there's something in it. Or if they want to... Look, the good thing with AEW is that they usually have, you know, very, very um, succinct finishes. And I think if here you actually want to... Uh, maybe not necessarily have a draw, but have some kind of, you know, ambiguous finish, you probably can, because you don't usually do it to carry on the feud. I don't know. But I've certainly gone from thinking John Boxley can't lose to actually, you know what? Maybe Brian Cage could win. Do you know what I mean? That's the that, that's the different of it. So, yeah, we'll, yeah. we, we but, will wait and see. Yeah, because honestly, who else is he going to lose it to? I, I mean, there's a lot of free agents, of course, but it's like, that's his most realistic threat right now besides maybe lance archer you know that's well, I, I think what i actually think will happen is i think john moxley will hold on to it and i think they'll eventually um get to this mjf versus john moxley feud i think that's why they're keeping mjf you know a, a, as uh, as strong as they are how that will you know play out i don't know but that's my gut feeling towards the end of the year and that's fine you know that's absolutely fine I mean, again i don't I haven't really minded any of the of the booking for the for the world champions so far. So and look, people say that they're pulling the trigger too early on stuff. Well, they said they pulled the trigger too early on the uh, MJF and Cody fallout, but to me, it's worked wonderfully to get where we are now. So I, I will, I will, I'll always let the story, I'll always let the story go. Uh, so that's it. That's Great American Bash and Fighter Fest. We obviously have part two next week, which is it kind of baffling that we're going to go through it, <laughs> that we're going to go through it all again. Like, <laughs> well, if it's as good as it was this night, that's a couple of, uh, that's a couple damn good nights. Because obviously next week we get, uh, obviously the, the tag team match that we talked about. You also get the eight man tag team match, you know, FTR and the Young Bucks versus Butcher and the Blade and the Lucha Brothers. We've got Dark Order versus SoCal Uncensored. You've got Nyla Rose, who's going to do something big, they were telling us. You've got Lance Archer versus Joey Janela. They had a brawl last night too. And then Chris oh. Jericho, you know, Chris Jericho versus, uh, um, Orange Cassidy on top, which I still can't believe is a match. You'll never be able to <laughs> convince me how the hell that became a match. And then on the other side, you know, uh, you've got Adam Cole versus Keith Lee in a winner-takes-all match. That's money. Mia Yim versus Candice the Ray Street fight. Money. And Breezango and Drake Maverick taking on uh, El Legado. So we already have a lot a lot set up. My big question, if you were going to say, Simon, what are you most intrigued about? Of course, it's Jericho and Orange Cassidy. I don't know what they're going to do. What do you want to see him do, man? I'm going to give you the book. You have the book, Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho. What the hell happens? Orange Cassidy kills him. Just <laughs> Kills <period>. him? <laughs> Straight up, just murder in the ring. I mean, he broke his sunglasses, man. You, you can't break a man's sunglasses. No, you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Honestly. About Honestly, though, yeah, Orange Cassidy's got to go over. Um, he, he's just too big. He's, the, the fans love him, you know, love him or hate his gimmick. He, the dude's talented. If you see his, his um, when he's in uh, Chikara, his firing, he's an amazing wrestler. Um, I, I think it's his time to go over. Jericho's kind of the guy that's putting those young guys over. Um, from what we've been seeing on Dynamite, he's he's going to try and he's he can do some really good spots and i'm not sure if it's going to break down into a no dq match or what what they're going with that because it seems kind of like that's the angle they're going towards but i i see orange cassidy going over it would be massive man and it would be doubly massive because nobody <laughs> nobody predicted this match ever <laughs> I love it. I love it because it's so strange and it's so out of nowhere. But we'll find out. We'll find out in one week's time. We'll see what goes down. I can't. 
I can't honestly pick it, but I thought it was a great night of professional wrestling. I'm very excited for, yeah, for round two next week. And I love all this stuff. Give it to me more. And obviously, I assume that NXT will try and counter fight for the fallen now which they are you know which they're calling the the show the week after next which is great three weeks worth of fun then it's extreme rules which obviously will always be will always be interesting to uh to, to a certain point of view and i mean when fans are going to be back in the arena i don't know but i would say that all sides are doing a pretty damn good job of of, of trying to balance it out uh, I do have some questions that I wanted to get answered this week. My lovely uh, patrons offered me some, so we'll get to those. But before we do, the day of recording this is Bret Hart's birthday. So it'd be remiss of me if I didn't mention Bret Hart, the guy that got me into wrestling. Uh, and dude, as you're here, man, tell me, you know, Bret Hart, you with him? You're not with him? Was he before your time? Do you have a, you know, any cool Bret Hart stories? What's your opinion on the Hitman? Oh, I love Bret Hart. You know, best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. I uh, believe that too. I, 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 he's my favorite ever. I love him. Eh, Sean's better, but you know, as I said, Sean Hart. Um, but yeah, Bret Hart, man, he, he set the foundation. He brought out that AEW title, so he's got a new generation foundation set. Man, everything he's done in the ring is magic. You gotta love Bret Hart, and his birthday is the day after Canada Day, so you know he's he's pretty important to his country to be born that day. So, gotta give him props. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I, I I did a thing on this my social media earlier, but it is true. I don't know whether I'd be sitting here doing all this stuff if it wasn't for for Bret Hart. He's the guy that I first, the first person I saw when I tuned into pro wrestling. He was the first guy that really, you know, just captivated me, as sad as that may sound. Like I was absolutely, I, to this day, I don't even know why, but he just was. So yeah, I may not be, I may not be wrestling. I may not be doing podcasts i may not be on what culture i may not have pursued this crazy this crazy uh this crazy world and i'm absolutely glad i've had because uh, i love it and it, it, it's awesome also had the pleasure of meeting bret hart once i got to drive him back to his hotel room when he was doing a show for defiant so i couldn't have ticked any more boxes when it comes to bret hart so happy birthday to him somehow 63 years old which makes me feel about 700 years old life is terrifying uh right before we do uh wrap up i'm gonna ask these questions dude i'm gonna let you answer them first and then uh, I, I will retort my man emmanuel who's on the podcast last week good to see you my friend uh, this is an interesting one what do you think is the best ongoing angle right now and we'll put it across every single promotion so new japan nxt AEW, wwe what is your favorite ongoing angle oh man it's hard isn't it <laughs> AJ and Brian. Guys yeah, with AJ. fair. Fair. What did you think of their IC match? Brilliant, right? Oh, it's hard to house down. I mean, I, I when you heard of the tapings and they're like, oh, they got everybody on their feet. Everybody's excited. You're like, okay, it's got to be good. And then watching it. Oh, yeah, those two still got it. Oh, man. Yeah, but I think, uh, I mean, I, I say this with a tiny pinch of salt, but not too much. I mean, AJ's up there as well, but I think Daniel Bryan could be one of the best wrestlers ever. <laughs> for a guy that makes me invest so much in matches, and for a dude I was always told can't cut promos and didn't know how to do character work, I have no flaw in Daniel Bryan's game. Zero. He is so good. In turn, what angle do I like the best? What do I look forward to every single week? I don't, I don't 100% know. I try going through shows in my head to see. I mean, it doesn't really count, but the one that entertains me the most is everything with Britt Baker and Big Swole. I mean, Britt Baker and Great and uh, Fighter Fest was hilarious. As soon as she saw she was on camera, she started posing. 
that she's just she's got this heel character down. But I would imagine in terms of an ongoing angle, it's probably Cody's TNT uh, Open Championship because not only am I invested in all the matches, but I'm genuinely always intrigued to see who it's going to be. Like it's a moment. It's why I would much rather they stopped announcing them. Uh, like when it was Ricky Starks a couple of weeks ago, I love that because I kind of shuffle around in my chair and I'm like, oh man, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? But that would be up there. AJ, you know, Daniel Bryan would be up there. Um, I'm not massively digging Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler, but everything up till Drew to this point. And of course, Sasha Banks and Bailey. And they're, you know, absolutely excellently timed uh, breakup, or at least what I presume is going to be the breakup, has been good. Uh, my man James says, uh, what's your thoughts on current storylines lately of WWE and AEW setting up new championship challenges before current title matches even take place? I feel it destroys the match or outcome of a match as seen before the tag team title match last night at Fighter Fest or WWE women's tag team titles. What do you think, Tyler? I have no problem with it except for WWE likes to announce that it's going to be this person versus this person. So they kind of spoil the match result. Uh, New Japan, as I'm a fan of, they like to set up title matches ahead of time too. I uh, There's no problem having more than one competitor going for the title and, um, you know, having title shots lined up because then you can build, you know, more than one thing especially with something like Corona right now, then you have a backup as well as uh, that added um, bonus of, well, who's going to win after this match. And I, I can see where you're coming from where, you know, it kind of ruins for WWE's booking, who's going to win because they like to spoil themselves, not always on purpose, but they do like to do that. But I, I have no problem with it. No, I, I don't have a problem with it either. The, the thing I have more of a problem is, and it's more WWE that does this than AEW. I Because I didn't mind them doing it with Private Party. Because Private Party won and the commentators made sure to say, oh, next week at Fighter Fest, they will be facing the champions. So it could have been... It could have been the best friends. Like, you know, they hadn't they, they hadn't really given that away. What I do, it's not really the same thing, but the only problem I have with championship setups is that WWE has fallen into this awful uh, routine of just some guy coming out and going, can I have a title match? And they go, yeah. <laughs> it's like, give me some kind of story. Just give me a little bit of a story. But um, I don't mind them doing that. Uh, I, I would like them to be more creative, but I certainly don't think that's a massive issue for me. Uh, Shelby says, how awesome was the women's match at Fighter Fest last night? Best women's match AEW has had so far, in my opinion. I love that, Shelby, because you've given it a question, but you've made it very clear. The answer is it's br- it was brilliant. And I agree with you. It was brilliant. We have uh, we have talked about it Um yeah, I mean, dude, we'll have to wait until you've seen it. But I, I like Nyla Rose versus Sheeda too. There are some good ones, but I do think it's absolutely in the conversation to be one of the best matches. Uh, one of the best matches they've had. Uh, Podcast of Destruction. Uh, you can't answer this one, Tyler. As much as I'd love you to. How are you open to bringing back the Facebook Q and As you used to do? I miss them. Uh, Podcast of Destruction. They're still there. <laughs> they're still going up once a week. If you're not seeing them, please get in touch and we'll figure it out. But yes, of course, if you are a part of the uh, Patreon group, five dollar plus and up, uh, there's a Facebook group that you can get to and you can access my weekly Q and As. And you can also do that through the Patreon. And Tyler, the last one is from you, <laughs> or is it somebody else called Tyler, or is this you? It's probably me. Uh, do you think Cody may form the Four Horsemen with a spear and FTR? Is this you? No, that's someone else. Oh, brilliant. I have two people called Tyler in my Patreon. Well, that's amazing. I didn't know this. Okay, so you can go first. Do you think Cody may form the four horsemen with Sean Spears and FTR? 
Uh, also, do you think the best friends should have won last night? I do because they're on fire, and as much as I love Kenny and Hagman, I think it's time to take the belt off them and let them go their separate ways. It's time for Kenny to start giving us those Mac classics we have been expecting. So, Tyler, please answer Tyler. <laughs> I don't know why it makes me laugh. It just does. All right, Tyler. Um, well, you're talking about another Tyler, Tyler, uh, Ty Dillinger. Um, so, bunch of good names here. <laughs> this is all over the place. Um, four horsemen. All for it. Um, you know, it's kind of telegraphing it now that, you know, maybe the plan's a leak, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. FTR, great workers. Sean Spears could be, you know, let him be the ringleader, not Cody. Cody is the one everyone's going to think is going to be, you know, the Ric Flair. No, 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 Let Sean Spears take that role, I think. He, he can do a lot with it. Um, Arn Anderson would be an excellent spokesperson for everyone. And then Cody's just, you know, the workhorse of the group. Uh, I, I would love that. You know, I'm all four factions, you know, New Japan's big on factions. I think factions add a lot to the dynamic. Uh, as for the second part of the question about best friends, um, I'm torn. I could have took them taking the titles, but if they take the titles, then Orange Cassidy is probably going to lose. I mean, it's AEW, so it's not always 50-50 booking, but it, to have best friends just tear everyone apart, and, uh, I, I can't go with that. So I think they did need to eat the loss just so that Orange Cassidy can go over. Um, but I could have taken it either way. Orange Cassidy doesn't have to win, but he, he's too red hot not to, I think. I think, yeah, I think I mostly, I mostly agree with you. Um, if they form the Four Horsemen with Sean Spears as the leader, you better be giving me some kind of excuse as to why Cody is happy to team up with a guy that smacked him in the head with his chair and busted him open. But I think they would do that. I think they'd make it work. Uh, I still have this funny feeling that they are going to form a faction like that, but Cody's not going to be involved. But if they do, look, I think it would rock. You know, Sean Spears, FTR and Cody with Arn Anderson in their corner. There's nothing wrong with that. I never had the expectation that best friends were going to win. I do get this idea that it would be good to have Kenny Omega and Hangman Page go on their own separate ways. But I think there's time to do that. I don't think we have to rush anything again because of the situation we find ourselves in. I, you know, I think they've been great as tag team champions. And I only think they're elevating the belts the more the more they're able to hold them and have these great matches. So, yeah, that that's kind of um, that's kind of how I see it. And that's that. That brings us to the end of the podcast. An hour has just flown by. Uh, Tyler, I'll ask you this just out of sheer intrigue. What's your favorite match ever? Or one of your favorite matches ever? Oh, man. Come on. Give me a load of questions. Um, <laughs> that's what we do here, man. I just throw them at you. Triple H versus Shawn Michaels on Raw, I believe, in 2003 when Shawn was just returning. Sorry, which one, man? My Skype went weird. Uh, Triple H versus uh, HBK. I believe oh, it was yeah. 2003 oh, yeah. and Raw. Oh, man. Was, yeah, totally, man. Totally. It's because it's, it's during that time, anytime Shawn Michaels had a match, I was just terrified he was going to die because <laughs> of his back. I was like, please don't die. Oh, yeah. That was a five-star and just out of nowhere. Amazing match. That was good. That was that was that was the, that that was good times. Crazy to think that it was almost twenty years ago. Where the hell does the time go? Same with Bret Hart. Bret Hart is a is a man in his early sixties. He's an old age pensioner. I don't understand the world, but I never will. Tyler, I do understand that you came on my podcast and you supported me. So thank you very much, man. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, man.
And we'll have to get you back on at some point. And again, if you want to come on the podcast, you can. Patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316. You can also get a t-shirt, a postcard, a cameo-esque video. I try and treat it like some kind of shop because I just, uh, I'm so flattered and humbled by anybody that would want to support me in that way. But in the time being, make sure you hit me up on YouTube. Just search for Simon Miller. Twitch.tv forward slash Simon Miller 316. Same on Instagram and Twitter, Simon Miller 316. And we've discussed the Patreon. Brand new much merchandise going up on SimonMiller.BigCartel.com. Also, going to have a 50% off sale soon to get rid of my old merch so we can hit reset and start again but in the meantime have a good ending to your week have a good weekend and i'll talk to you all again in a couple of days time